Hey guys, this is Tina B. And Charmaine G. We're here to talk about the messiness of life. It's ugly. And it's raw. It's real. And it's a freaking game. It's whack-a-mole. 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 This is us. And our gift to you. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. You know what, fellow viewers? listeners and viewers now now she can finally save you i know i'm not gonna get corrected i love it um so i have to tell you tina walks in today and people have been thought i've been at work for a few days like they get surprised when they're like oh you've been here the whole time and i'm like yeah i can't yeah, yeah. like i'm actually working <laughs> but she walks in you guys like an angel <gasps> oh look at her can you it's more jellyfish-ish. <laughs> no, but I'm digging it. I'm feeling it. No, she has this white flowing dress on. She just, her hair looked like a Charlie's Angel. It was just on I like point it. tonight. I like Today. what I'm hearing. Yeah, you should feel it. And um, I'm not going to lie to you. When you feel, you walk out of the house, you feel put together. You carry yourself differently, don't you? Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I feel good, I... There's a, there's like a skip in my step, yes, you know, I'm confidence. walking a little lighter. Yeah. I'm feeling, uh, I have a lot to be grateful for. So I get that. That's what I get. I get gratitude. I get oh, gratitude for my life. Like I'm so lucky I have this car. I'm so happy I have, like, I just get grateful like that. Oh, I want to buy, buy that. I don't know what that meant. Make a list. <laughs> you do that every day. And I try to like in my heart and in my mind. <clears> and <throat> I get to like the 15th, umpteenth top, uh, topic in my mind for the 15th second. My mind is a hundred miles an hour at all times. Well, join the club. I've been diagnosed. cards in the mail. <laughs> I've been Doesn't diagnosed. Doesn't go away. It seems like it gets worse Let's with check age. in, Tina, Bree, Tina B. I... Um, we're talking about what this last weekend I didn't do, we stayed home because the weekend before that was very, lots of stuff going on. I did, um, I went on a scavenger hunt of sorts. I bought a bunch of stuff on Facebook marketplace from all over like oh. Bloomington, Ivan, Santa Clara, they were so Washington. Happy you showed up. Who? I'm not going to, the people you bought from because oh, I do you know. know how many times they, oh, yeah. I want that. I'm interested in like lines of people. And then no one shows. And right. they, it's almost like peddling off their own stuff. I bought a beehive cookie jar. That was a gift for my daughter's best friend. Oh. I push, she collects bees and beehive stuff and I couldn't pass it up. I, yeah. And I'm constantly like uh, finagling with them. Ooh, good on I almost ya. said something very racist right there. But anyway, I am constantly uh, haggling with them. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then what else did I buy? I bought this like 1960s um, makeup thing. It's round and Caboodle? it unzips and it. Oh, no, yeah. it's like a, it's, my mother had one and I just wanted it. Uh, I bought it for three it bucks. Did it smell like the 60s too? No, but the lady says she has others that she was going to fish out and see if I wanted them. I only paid three bucks for it. That's a good deal online. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, I'm ready for the yard sales to kick back up when the weather gets good. Yeah, I love yard selling. I'm on the hunt for frames always. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. And then what else did we get? We got a bench from Miss Charmania G um, that's now in my house. We, it just helps me not have a yard sale. 
Which is I'm work. sort of saving that piece of furniture because Sam really likes the the cedar chest. Uh huh. And we're gonna paint the outside and put new handles on it. What about the reupholster? I don't know if we'll do that. I might. I have to look at. I have a staple gun. I have stuff yeah, to yeah, do yeah, that yeah. with. Um, it's very easy. I've reupholstered that I lid know. probably like five, ten times. I, I she really. I would like to do that for her. So that's a piece that. Um, what else did I get? Crying out loud, a bunch of things. Anyways, we went scavenger hunting all over St. George and bought that stuff and then went home and I did some drawing, which What an R&R lovely. kind of a weekend. Well, I did sell a dresser. I put it online on Facebook and it literally was sold in 45 minutes mm -hmm. and had 100 people asking mm -hmm. after it. Mm -hmm. you I'm it happy to say it went to a single mom Aww. and she loved it. She was so grateful for it. And I, I gave her some other stuff too, because I get stuff handed to me. Miss Charmaine's very generous. And, and then I pay it forward. Yeah. So that's what it's we beautiful. Do. Yeah. Money. Uh, I was telling Jer, like, I'm not going to leave this world with anything and it really doesn't hold value to me. I have sentimental things, but if I have enough and I'm meeting the needs of my, my family, my children, it's game on. Like anybody can have anything I have. You're cute. It, I believe that that's an honest yeah, remark you just made to me. I have things that mean stuff to me, but I try not to let myself get too attached to stuff. I noticed that I, being a single mom and not being able to afford a lot of stuff mm -hmm. when I started to be, I mean, I, when I was first a single mom I, in California, I was making great money and didn't, it wasn't about that. But coming out of that second marriage with, um, Samantha, we struggled and I was a full-time student at that time too. Mm. That's when we were living very lean. So we weren't just buying stuff because yep. we wanted it. We were buying stuff because we needed it. And that put the kibosh on a lot of stuff, luxury it's a luxury problem. However, I, I really like, um, I can go overboard. Oh, I've always wanted one of those. I don't need it. Yeah. But there it is in my yeah. garage. And Impulsive? every time Greg is just like, what are you doing? Why are you bringing this home? What are you going to do with it? Please start getting rid of stuff. So I have, I've gotten Good rid of stuff. You. I've taken a lot of stuff to like the dump. I've given it away. I've taken it to the, you know, Goodwill and Good all for that. You. Ah, sorry. I have lice. I don't. That what? was a joke. Right <laughs> oh, no. um, it my hair got caught up in the the mic um ladies and gentlemen i have to admit to you i had a pretty boring weekend and i loved every second of it i ended up cooking for a herd of like 12 people and it was fun it what was did you relaxing make? spaghetti spaghetti That's and easy. yeah to it really was for a lot of people it really was and <laughs> i have this certain ingredient that i always put in and everybody's like i love your sauce like it's amazing yeah I mm, i'll just make it for you and then i'll just let you guess <laughs> i am italian there's that a warning true. on that that is true already that is true already <laughs> so um with that being said i just kind of i actually had a friend over and i gave her a bunch of business clothes because she has come out into the workforce and she has raised five kids on her own nice. and she's you know in that place and stage in life to where she's not put herself first in a long dang time nor does she have the means to do it so i said here you go dump 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 Good for you and i didn't even barely even touch my closet this is the problem i will i will admit on air my addiction is feeling at shopping and it's for irrelevant things and I will give it away as soon as I buy it, but it makes me feel satisfied. 
when I'm sad, I buy a $5 shirt. When a little retail I'm, therapy. Yeah. When I'm pissed, I'll buy a $5 whatever. If I want to congratulate myself, I want to reward myself by a little something. It's not over the top. It's not like out of control because I've got to raise my family too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I always say two for one. I buy one, the other one gets two. The other <laughs> people, I get to give it away. Give it away. That's nice. I've been the recipient of things throughout my life and with you. Me and too. I, it's really nice. Me it's a too. nice thing. So I, oh, the other thing that happened this week, uh, well, it happened last week before the weekend came up, um, which is probably a good segue into, I'm going to give Charmaine the stage to introduce the topic and ask me questions maybe, um, but you're, you're, I'm not taking charge. I have zero notes. <gasps> She's naked. Naked on notes. I know enough about this subject. That, <laughs> that it's ingrained in my that, blood. Yeah, totally. Like I could Some write psychologists a, actually have identified it, it as a mood. I was reading on that today because it's a, it's a compilation of feelings that is a recurring thing. Okay, so tell them what it is. Uh, resentment. Resentment. Talking about resentment. Yeah. And uh, resentment is definitely a compilation of negative emotions, be it anger, discomfort, rejection, um, bitterness. It hosts itself and it's reoccurring on an event or a person, something that stimulated that feeling. And it's a constant thing. It's not like we're, when we're talking um, and Skypey comes in and we're... <laughs> We <laughs> are going, what the hell is that about? It's just a trigger. It's a feeling. But the deep-seated resentment is where we're probably going to deep dive today. Because uh, we all have annoyances. We all have things that are, that rubbed me deep the wrong dive. way. Or that hurt my feelings. Or that wasn't cool. Those are surface. But resentment is something that kind of can, can poison you at the I, same time. Yeah, and I, I can... Recall the first time I, that wasn't a word I'd heard a lot throughout my life. Um, but when I, when I kept hearing it and kept hearing it, it was in a 12 step program because you, um, they have you, that's part of the step work that you do. You look at your resentments and it turns out that it's really just all your fault anyway. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a lot that goes on. You just You're look so at your part in it. I'm just being funny. Um, I don't want to defame the 12 steps. Yes, of course so, but the first, when I heard resentment, I was like, what exactly is that? Mm -hmm. And it is exactly what I, oh, I was like, oh, you mean like upset, angry obsession, mm -hmm. being angry and writing script writing. It's all of that. Mm -hmm. And so I looked it up. I looked the word up years ago. Even though we naturally felt it for. I just didn't, I, I never used that word okay. to describe what it was. Right. I just used like pissed off, mm, oy. angry. Mm hateful, mm. negative. Mm. So I looked up that word years ago and it is to resentment. So break it down. Re means to something that, um, I'm trying to not Repeat, use re, <laughs> right. Re yeah, it yeah. recurs. It reoccurs. It's something that happens over and over. And a resentment is when you have anger or a bad feeling towards somebody and it's res a resentment specifically is that when you're feeling it over and over yep. and over reoccurring for sure yeah and it uh, again it's not a it's not a service thing it's not a a one-time shot emotion uh, i'm going to share a story i'll give you an example of resentment because i i like to say that i'm pretty 
level-headed. I can brush things off, but when you deep-seated things that per- make me feel the most is when you intentionally harm someone I love. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I can have a negative environment, uh, but I can change that, right? I can't change people. Mm-hmm. I can only change how I feel about the situation and have that, that but it's taken me years to get there. But I, I'm going to share a story about a local news um, event that happened. And you guys will understand. You'll probably relate to this because it is literally a shit show. Um, so my brother, uh, youngest brother, kindest, most gentlest, innocent. I call him, he has the patience of Job. Like he's dealt with so much in his life. He ends up marrying this girl, which day one, I wasn't a fan. And you could tell that she was on the spectrum of psycho somewhere. And I was not drawn to her. And I first met her and she was like, I know you're jealous of me. I'm like, don't know you. Get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was not. Take that shit home. It was not a love, love relationship. It was love, what the are you relationship. So when that happened, they ended up, they started off as we all do, you know, no income, scraping, getting by. They brought on children into the world, and that's when I knew his life was over. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's pinned to her. Damn. It's funny what other people can see. I mean, I'm assuming that it ended in divorce. Horrible. Okay. But it's funny what other people can see or what we allow other people mm-hmm. to tell us what they see. Right. And not always. Well, no. They're usually people who don't have a vested interest in who we are anyway. But we just take that shame and guilt and judgment and run right towards the field goal with it. Well, yeah. And then you've got others that are making you feel that way. Like my mom at the same time, bless your heart. I agree with you now. But at the time I told you, I was like, bah, no, I'm not doing that. Because she was like, you got to love him anyway. No. And da, 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 da. you know, you're making it harder on your brother. So I did. I kind of was just courteous and I distanced myself. They didn't live here locally until, you know, a while. But. When they brought in children and it, it, her, her theatrics, her things that she conducted herself, I would, I couldn't stand to be around. It climaxed to the point where she would have, uh, she had this, she's very, very, um, extreme. Remember when we talked about that topic, just extremist. Um, and my brother innocently watching him on the outside looking at, I don't know how much I want to share just because it's his business. But for the most part, I was involved because I cared about him so much. Um, my mom calls me one morning and was like, hey, I just wanted to tell you, um, beep, I won't say her name. Um, she was assaulted. And I was like instantly, at first you're, you're shocked. That feeling didn't come over me. It was like listening intently. She was like, yeah, she was on a running trail. It was 4.30 in the afternoon. She got off work a little bit early. And um, yeah, so she's at the hospital right now. Cameron's got the kit. Oops. Um, And we literally, you know, and I said, mom, it's a lie. Charmaine, you cannot talk like that. And I said, I get that. I totally have empathy and empathy immediately I just feel like something's off here like something's not right so you already had a resentment against her oh yeah and then did this do you still well no 
So here's the thing. Okay. I've come full circle with it because, and it's taken a long dang time. Um, they, they were married for over a decade. And so what she would do to him and belittle him and all these little things was the thing that the catalyst that built the resentment, but this was the climax. So I, I tempered my mood and said, you know what? You're absolutely right. Called my brother and said, bring the kids over here, take care of your wife. They're already at home now, but she's on, she's what, uh, feeling suicidal and so she goes into the b-med unit and it's almost like like a storyline like you're watching this movie but you're in it and um so i have the kids and it went on for like two weeks uh people at her work would step in and watch the kids uh members of the church would come in and so bring she was food. falling apart she was if b-med oh, yeah. was involved in her in her path mm -hmm. she was a basket case oh yeah or yeah, close yeah, yeah, to yeah. being close so. to be okay. yeah 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 um even you know uh used the uh victim's recovery uh, and the state helped paid for all, all all of these things as a victim right and and this is in the news this is in the local news in 2013 so i'll let you guys expand on this story if you want to but so in the meantime, in the background, this whole thing is like hard to, for me to chew. I'm sitting there going, okay, just put your best foot forward, let it go, Cameron. And he just was blank. Like he was pale. He was like, he just couldn't even see straight for weeks, right? <clears throat> and he asked me if I could bring the kids over. I need to go visit Sarah. She's back in the meet. I said her freaking name. Anyway, and, and I said, sure. He comes over and he he leaves he comes right back in about 30 minutes and just just petrified like what what did i do in shock he's like she cussed me out and you know and i was like what what is wrong with her you know i said cameron let me tell you something i don't believe her i know i'm not i've been told that I shouldn't talk to you like this, but I don't believe her. Something's not right. They they even had sketch artists come in and draw this this. Yeah, it was an investigation. Rapist. Yeah, and there was news alerts, and everybody in the community was on alert trail watches. I mean, it was like a community scare thing. I mean, it was not a hush hush. Keep it in the family. Keep the secret safe. Well, kind if of it a was thing. in the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I said, you need to go back to your house and you need to get the laptop. You need to get into your cell phone and you need to deep dive. Something is not right here. He was literally back in 15 minutes. Pale as a ghost. Sheet white and was just like, oh my gosh. And I said, what? And he goes, I think I just, I've just barely started, but like she was having an affair. She responded to all these ads with um, people on Facebook. And I mean, it just propelled into like this big huge thing and i just looked at him and i said you've got to call the detective because so she was cheating on her husband and to and claimed and to, that it was an assault you know move the, to hide to it the scent off off the path you know <laughs> she made one. up a yeah. lie oh but it gets worse not only did she make up a lie she beat herself up Okay, when she showed up to the hospital, she had wounds I would never and do that. lacerations so and her hair. I mean, this is what I'm trying to tell you. It's not normal behavior. So when it was identified that this was farce, uh, that's when it the, the shit hit the fan. You know, she came out of the hospital and ruthless. I mean, 
and he was just drowning, keeping his head above water, having to take care of the kids. She showed up at his work and he, they worked and talked to the local, um, uh, Bishop and, you know, he decided that he'd work through it and then it gets worse. And in this meantime, I'm like, how, I don't ever want to see her again. I'd never want to see her again. So this spanned over probably is still a two year period after this alleged rape using the victim's money that, I mean, $30,000 in debt of restitution they had to pay back. Right. And all of this time and people that she worked with lied to over and over and this over again. This is a horrible person. This. Yeah, horrible. Well, I, I shouldn't say horrible. Oh, this no, is I'm a person, okay with that. Thank you for your support. This is it, a person who is, when you kind of back away from it, it's very personal to you. I'm just on the outside listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She that's a sick, mentally abusive and mentally distressed person. Yeah. The way that she could work it out in her mind to justify and say it's okay and every day, every step of the way and every hand that was given to her, like it was, I looked back at it and I just thought, I'm sick. Like I'm sick to have been a part and knowing that and my brother's involved, my niece, my nephew. And like I said, they stayed together. There was more other events that were worse than that. Okay. But it had to come to a point where like he, <laughs> it had to come to a point where um, we were able to just support him because like this was his choice. Like I couldn't even come to holidays. I, I, I told my mom, if she's there, I'm not. So you this know, resentment so kind of ran your whole show. You for were, two years. That's all. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like a trigger. It was literally like a shutdown. I do not like her. I, I don't like the word hate, but I could not even stomach knowing that, that she was here on earth. Okay. So when it comes down to it, I'm dark. I'm in that dark age, that dark period for two years. Okay. And she wasn't going anywhere. I mean, it was holidays and my niece and my nephew and all these interactions that I was just missing out on. But at the same time, I still would be there for my brother. It was such a limbo period for me and having so much hate and anger built up and not, I couldn't do anything about it. It just kept getting added on to it, piled on. With that, I just sat there one day and, and in contemplation of, I'm literally deteriorating because I, it's manifesting <clears throat> itself in other areas. I, I'm angry all the time. And it was over this outside person that really I have to deal with. This resent, well, you don't for one, but I, in my, I, I in know my I family, get where you're, yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Um, this resentment made you sick. Very much emotionally, so. physically too, okay. to the point, like to where I would get migraines and headaches, stomach cramps when knowing that she was there or he would show up with these other horrible stories, which I'm going to leave out because you think that it's sick and twisted that she can hit herself on the sidewalk in her head and make herself bleed and show up at the hospital. She's done a lot worse than That's that. That's probably not someone who should be caring for children. Well, you'd think that, but there's medication for that too, obviously. But with that being said, I was trapped. I was trapped with, with such bitterness and my poor brother, like I just, I, I felt helpless. He didn't though. 
And I watched through his example of just perseverance, trying. What did he do? Did he go to therapy? Well, did they get all some did. Sort of, okay. They all did. They all did for the most part, but there was no remorse in her heart. She continued with other things to the point where it was finally for him to make that decision. But watching him through example softened me. And I was able to kind of one-sided let go of that resentment by forgiving. I, I never went to ask for it because I knew in my heart of hearts that it wouldn't have been a good outcome. But I was trapped. So I had finally reached out to her and said in a, in a text, because that's all I could stomach is, I, I have to let you go. Like, I have to forgive you because... It's the what I'm supposed to How be doing. How did you doing. do that? That's that's the. I mean, we've qualified for. What I the, felt empathy for her. But, okay. I Through. literally felt so sad that she was such in a state of of unchangeable mind and and like I felt like oh my gosh like she, I knew about her childhood I knew about her mother and her mother was a piece too and she lived meager but she she continued and even elevated this cycle to the, where we all had to read. We were all in the wrath, you know, but we're going to come back. We're going to go empathy, on a little break. Tina. Yeah. I felt sorry for her. We're going to come back and talk about getting to that point. And I have an example or two. Oy, Actually. Oy, oy, oy. This is Whack-A-Mole with Tina B and Charmaine G. Raw discussion about the messiness of life. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Whack-A-Mole. We welcome you back to Whack-A-Mole, raw discussions about the messiness of life. Now, here are your hosts, Tina B. and Charmaine G. Hello. Hi, guys. We're back talking Thank- about... Go ahead. No, I seriously mm-hmm. just want to jump in because I feel so vulnerable right now. And I feel like maybe I... Jump I've- in. You've been talking the whole time. I know. I'm afraid, <laughs> though, that like I'm going to get my mom after me after this. But oh, I'm- darling. And I'm not weighted... Like, I feel weighted down even talking about this story, this part, just because... I can't live like that. That's just all I want to say to the viewers. Apologize because we're going to ramp it back up. But if it's really important to you and if it's something that you've battled with, it's real. It's real. And working through it is a constant thing. So thank you for my time of, of, of that experience. You're welcome. Sharing it. So I spoke to my father a couple of times this last week. And, and I, for the listeners... I have had a back and forth relationship with my father. We've been estranged often. My 54 years of life has just been back and forth. Um, There's no, you guys know the way I grew up and um, there was separation like coast to coast separation when my parents split up and I didn't see my dad a lot. And there were just a lot of issues, a lot of stuff that they had going on. So I found out my, my father called me a couple of weeks ago and, um, I had been feeling this feeling of things are just starting to fall away from me as far as resentments. And I wasn't necessarily holding on to resentments as much as I was putting up a gigantic guard to not be, you know, but I'm conflicted because the resentments I have against um, the members of my family 
not my little family. We're good. But my family that I came, my family of origin, the people that I came, uh, that I grew up with, <clears throat> you know, they had their own set of issues We, as we all do. Mm. But I had, I held some deep seated um, resentment towards my dad. But then as the years have gone by, it has sloughed off a lot. There is like, we've gotten to almost like the very core of it. So a lot of the stuff that was like, oh, he did this and that and this and that, a lot of it peeled away. And I, but I was left with this core, do I trust him, I guess. Mm. Am I willing to trust him? Yeah. Do. What work has he put into it for it to not happen again? All of that. So he called me and told me last week that he has colon cancer and he had a tumor in his colon and he had surgery yesterday, came out with flying colors. Oh, good. Yeah. So, um, uh, he's doing all right. He's almost, he's pushing 80 and he's a pretty strong cat. You know, he's up here just really, and he's a go-getter and he carries resentments. It's really easy for me to see that, but back to, let me get back on track. I had a moment last week where it just suddenly occurred to me it's occurred to me a lot, but I followed it up with, it came from my head and went down into my heart and into my tummy mm. where I was able to take some, some action and ask for what I wanted and what I didn't want without feeling bad and guilty about it. To work through? Yes. I used to think, and I was grown up to believe that your family is your family. You're mm -hmm. not like allowed to mm -hmm. abandon them. Mm -hmm. Okay. On many levels, on the littlest of level, like leaving your sister at the park. I think I did that one. Um, <laughs> to a bigger level where you, you know, and I always went back and some people, you know, I went back to those, that, that stuff. And I kept setting myself up to continue to be hurt. And I was like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Okay. So when my dad called me and told me that I sat with it for a little bit. And then somewhere, I guess last Friday, no, 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 last Thursday, he called me. No, I called him. <laughs> None of that matters. I called him. <laughs> it does because I reached out to him and I just started bawling. I mean, oh. I was hysterical and every resentment that I had concerning my father is gone. Wow. Yeah. Not like poof gone. <laughs> I mean, the stuff still happened. The, the, what I had to do to get through it is still there, but I, and I've done a lot of work and there were a lot of times where I was like, well, I've done so much work. Okay. I've done step work in Alcoholics Anonymous. I, they make you do the resentment list. Um, look it up the four step, you mm. write your resentments, the cause and effect. And then somewhere over in like the fourth column, you figure out, um, third and fourth column, uh, your part in that stuff. And, and what we're ready to do about it, I right, guess. Right, right. In the steps the that follow, yes. We could say anything we want, but it's yeah, all through. It is. And so I, I, you know, my dad was always like within the top three. I've done a lot of four steps and, and a lot of looking at my resentments. And he was always in the top five, at least. Well, it was usually men right in that area. Um, <laughs> I wonder why. I, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there's that. And then when that happened and I started crying and it was such for one second, it was uncomfortable because I'm not super close to him like yeah. that right now. Yeah. And I was literally like, I, can't, I was just hyperventilating. Oh. And he was like, do you want me to let you go? And I said, no, like that was the first time in a long time. And I don't want to start crying that I needed my dad oh. allowed myself to 
feel that and need him. So he stayed on the phone with me and I just cried and cried and he, and we were talking and he was like, um, it's a whole new relationship. Yeah. I can imagine when you came to work and you had mentioned it, my immediate thought was him. You know, I've, we've shared, and I know that uh, your childhood, your upbringing, your relationships, you're detached and, and all of these things that built, built you, built you and, and how you carry your own relationships now. But um, I thought about him because I, I looked at you very, very sincerely and said, can you imagine what he's going through? Like at this stage in his life, facing painful, terminal, you know, alone. And he does have a wife, but his kids are not on both sides, his and ours. We've not, um, ever since my mom died when I was 16 years old. Well, and it was before that because she left him before that Mm -hmm. we moved away from him before Mm -hmm. that. And there's just always been the whole United States between us physically. And then there's always been just this conditioning he's a piece of shit. He, it was easier to not like him and put him mm-hmm. in a cubby hole with a lock on it or mm-hmm. a safe more mm-hmm. than it was to actually, but I've spent enough time in therapy and doing four steps and researching this stuff because I wanted to be happy. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I now realize that I can be happy with him when I was wanting to be happy without him. Yeah. And it's, <clears throat> you may go through a stage to where you're still my happy with sti- him. My legs are sticking to the seat. It's leather and I'm wearing a dress. I just went. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> that was so impulsive. And I loved it. Um, you may go through a point where you, you guys are starting to reconnect on a level and you nurture that relationship. You can still be in that good place and still be working through those things Mm -hmm. though too. It's not a matter of like, okay, now this line, we just crossed it. Now we don't go back. And you just witnessed that with me because I I really do feel like I let that go and and, in that full cloud that was hanging over me and um, knew I had to persevere. It wasn't for other people. I didn't do it for other people. I literally did it for me. And that's where I think a lot of people don't maybe generally work through resentment because they're doing it for the greater good. They wanted to be the higher road, turn the other cheek. Um, your mom asked you to. I think we live with resentments as we live with many things because there's a payoff in it somewhere for us. What? What the I, And I don't know. I mean, I th- and for me, I think the payoff was just I got so familiar living with resentments mm-hmm. and, and without having knowledge of the other side of it, I, I, that's all I knew. So there was comfort in it. As sad as that sounds, there was comfort well, in that. Well, you found your peace and your conclusion because you didn't, it, you didn't have the other side to, to worry about. I'm proud of you because it does take even, and you got to do it in this lifetime. It does take to see the other person. Um, because you're, you do carry the weight, you do carry the emotions, who knows what the other person is carrying too. And that's one of the biggest things that I was reading up on of how, like what causes them in relationships. It doesn't have to be just a spouse. It can be any relationship because we're social species. I mean, we're all meant to connect with people mm-hmm. and we connect in different levels. Family for me though, is probably the ultimate level. Like the ones that you actually will give 
your investment and your your time to and yourself but sometimes that doesn't mean the word family means that they deserve it well and there was a big there was the older my children get the more um wise i get with every season that passes in my life i look at the way that i intentionally raised my children was not congruent with the relationships I have with my family, my siblings and my dad. So I was like, I have to make, I have to reconcile this and make sense of it mm -hmm. because my daughters are watching me and not that I have to do something I'm unwilling to do, but those two things had to intersect because I promote, my daughters are best friends. 15 and 22, who would have thunk that? They are best friends. And they argue too, and they, they, sure. they get on each other's they're nerves, girls, but right? they're, oh, yeah. they are so close. And I'm like, I don't have that. I've tried to have it, I don't have it. So not just the sibling relationship, but what I give and mean to my children, at least what they tell me I do. Um, talking to my father over the last few days, he's like a little kid right now, you know? Like he's so, infatuated with being my dad <laughs> and and i it's blow it blows me away you know like he called this is funny. why we now, chose this topic i know because it's a beautiful thing when you get to see this the fruits of that yeah. to have that you know i lay in bed i did a lot of i am with it mm -hmm. i laid in bed at night and i don't sleep well and when i when i don't take something to aid me in that sleep which is just like um yeah like a sleep aid or no no, <laughs> no it's not um but i'll take something to calm me down melatonin whatever yeah. it is but i i also try to not do that i i also try to self-soothe myself to sleep so i was like okay breathing in the i am statements i am loving i am a daughter to this man i said his name i'm not going to say it now i am honest in my relationship with him. I even said things that I was hoping for, you know, to manifest mm. them in the I am. So this, th and then it came to its fruition and I, I, I didn't go, okay, I'm going to call my dad and see what the I am is doing for me today. <laughs> it's not, it wasn't like that. It was more like, I just had this overwhelming feeling that nobody, he has a wife, he's not alone, but nobody should one of his children should be honoring him. And why not it be me? Hmm. You That's know? beautiful. So I told him that you're not gonna, let's spend this, he's gonna be 80 in May. And he FaceTimed me last night. It was the funniest thing because it was like, um, <laughs> it was like he had the phone like right here. <laughs> <laughs> and he could see me oh you're so pretty honey i love oh. you la 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 and i was just and he was in his hospital bed oh. and and he was just he was i caught a glimpse of him every once in a while and he had the covers like pulled up to here and um it was just funny i was just like i would be missing this right now yeah you know yeah and um I'm going to make a trip out to see him soon because it's important to me. It's almost like a rebirth of my relationship with my father. And I may have to parent him at this point. True. True, so true, true, true. I have no, in I have intentions of doing nothing but positive things in his life from this point forward, whatever that looks like, because it feels so much better than to re-feel 
hit the character defects that I felt somebody owed me an amends mm-hmm. for. It's just a bad, it's just a made up awful idea. It really is. Somebody's going to owe us something. We, you owe me something because you made me mad as a child. First of all, that statement itself is you made me blank is, has zero power for me. When I hear somebody say, I made you, I immediately default Mm -hmm. to dig deeper, Mm -hmm. go pull that scab off. There's going to be some blood, but there's something there to see, you know? So, um, that's my, I, I, doing the 12 steps, I have realized, um, what an asshole I have been (laughs) for real. Well, I mean, it's how you had to go through the healing process. I mean, of course, grief manifests itself in, you know, in stages to where they can toggle back and forth, but anger is the first one. And when you're angry, how do you act? I mean, I act like an asshole. Um, if I'm actually sad, I act like an asshole too. So, but that's cause I'm sad, mad. That's what I always call. It. I'm so sad, mad right now because I can't cry. Um, you know how I said, how did you work through this? And, and you did the same thing. You're, you're reflecting on your dad as a child and like childlike and just the innocence that's being brought back to your, how you view him and things like that is where it can, the roots are, are taking seed they're seeding into the ground right now and that's the that's the benefit of that um uh i can remember the love i had for my father as a child because that's been absent from my heart well that's not true i think it's been in there i've just chosen not to look at it mm-hmm. i've chosen to just put the lid on it and if it creeps out then i slam the lid because yeah. i don't want to get hurt yeah yeah and yeah. so it's now preservation it could be literally maybe uh, you feeling like I don't know. Did you feel selfish? Like I always felt like I'm carrying this and I am so pissed off at them. They do not deserve this. It was almost like if you look on the outside in, you were, I represented as being selfish. Oh my goodness. Yeah, totally. You get completely, um, consumed, self-consumed care of your own emotions. Yes. So there comes a time when stuff starts to fall away and then there's this golden ball of truth and you're like, okay, he has feelings. He, I've hurt him. Like it stops being about you and you start thinking, how can I serve this person in this particular case, this man, my father in the latter days of his life? Mm -hmm. How can I best do that? So now I just sit and wait for answers. And on a given day, it's just me calling him. It's me texting him. It's me just closing my eyes and sending good vibes to him, you know? Good old dad. And you know what? You're good. He's never going to forget that. And that's what he's reaching for right now. Um, a psychologist, Scott Bay, um, on one of these articles that I was reading. The psychologist what? Uh, Scott Bay is his name. Oh, okay. I thought and you said Scott Bay. Scott Bay, Scott Bay, Scott Bay. Uh, oh, I loved him. I, I crushed on too. him so hard. Chachi. Charles and Charles. Joni loves Chachi. Ah, I love it. Um, he. How am I going to come back down off of that? Um, I loved this quote that I was reading the article because verbatim, it's how I feel and how I handle any type of negative buildup of emotions. I once thought of resentment as a failure in problem solving, but now I think it's a battle for emp- empathy. Hmm. Meaning I'm I like battling that. to empathize with people, meaning because I'm self-soothing, I'm taking care of myself. How can I work through this? Problem solving. Sometimes it's not logical, everyone. 
Sometimes no. your logical thinking of problem solving is not going to work when it comes to resentment. No, and sometimes the emotion is so high and hits in such a deep place that you can't see the truth. I can't see the truth. And I have to be able to confide in, um, like Greg, my rock star husband who grew up polar opposite of the way that I did. Mm. However... He's just like, okay, let's kind of sort through this. Let's, you know, let's look at this. And maybe it's not that way, Tina. Like sometimes he'll say to me, maybe it's not that way, Tina, but I'm so headstrong. I and so, that. yeah. And then, and I'm just like, He's I mean, that's usually when I roll my eyes. I yeah. usually just go like, you know, everything. <laughs> Um, and when he knows lots of things, he really does. Uh-huh. And I mean, I think that's his way of saying, can you look at it a different way? Um, the six in all relationships, the six reasons resentment creeps, creeps in is number one, always having to be right. <laughs> number two, taking advantage of others. So when I read these out mm. and you, it's not just what's happening to you. It's maybe what you're doing to other people. You know, and that's why you may be distant and not have very many people in your life. And I say this only because if you really want to grow as a person, um, resentment is a two-way street. And we all can project that on other people because we've had the experience. Number three, feeling put down all the time. I mean, you can have that relationship with your boss. Your boss does not give you the, the uh, you know, accreditation or they don't make you feel like you're valid. Um Four, unrealistic expectations. That is the freaking biggest, (laughs) biggest one. And they tackle that in the steps, in the 12 and 12 and in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm sorry to to mention. To yourself or other people put them on you? They they talk about that at length, about having these unrealistic expectations. I expect that when I, um, I expect my husband to know when I'm hurting. But I never say anything to him. Yes. He He, just, but he's so close to me. And he's so close to me that he goes, what's up? All the time? I'm fine. Not all the time, but he knows when something's bugging me for sure. And, and sometimes I hate that he knows that. So I just go, I'm fine. Who do you think you are? Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't know me. La, 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 la. (laughs) I refuse to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But there's un realistic expectations is expecting something to go. Well, you, if you are going to confront somebody or have a deep discussion, you, you write the script in your head. I'm going to say this and then he's going to say that or she, and then I'm going to say this and then this is going to happen and it's going to be just well so wonderful go? and we're all just going to be in love and it's just going to be so yeah, it doesn't go that way. And then you sit down and your plan, meanwhile, God's up there going, <laughs> <laughs> go, 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 quick. Yeah, let's see how this one plays yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And then it doesn't play out that way. So when you have an unrealistic expectation, it so easily leads to resentment. Oh, it does. If you let it, if you let it. It is a choice. How we let other people make us feel is a choice every step of the way. I took this unrealistic expectation of the, the roots of how I always felt like I was trying to prove myself to, to my mother and, and things because I, I wanted that validation. It was unrealistic how I was putting that pressure on me and maybe she really wasn't doing it, but I just, that round robin, that, that effect that I wasn't getting. Um, number five, not being heard. Also a huge one for me, mm-hmm. hence the podcast. I worked at a radio station for a little while 
in the Coachella Valley and I loved it because I could say whatever I wanted and if they didn't want to listen turn it off they could go away I like to think they were listening my ego likes to think that the world was listening <laughs> and I no feed like nobody was saying it wasn't a back and forth conversation it was just me just and I think that really comes from a lack of being heard and validated yeah. as a child yeah. I mean I remember and I'm I, you know I say that stuff and it makes me sound like I hated my parents which I don't no. I didn't we just came from a different generation and there wasn't a lot of like I, I just remember the kids were over there and the adults were doing adult things. You know, they were smoking and playing games and poker and cards and rummy and playing gin and talking about adult stuff. And, you know, I'd always go under the table or buy my mom to give her a hug and they'd be like, bugger off, get out of here, go, go over there. Um, so I don't know how I got off on that, but Not I, oh, heard. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And I remember my dad used to tickle me. My poor dad. I love you, dad. Aww. He used to tickle me when I didn't want to be tickled. And my brother would hold my arms down and he would tickle me and I would laugh and laugh and laugh until I was crying. I was like, I can't, it's hurting me. Like, stop. And he just <laughs> didn't. You know how dads joy. can be it like that? pleasure on that. Well, he was enjoying himself, but I sure as hell wasn't. <laughs> so I, you know, and I remember being resentful about that. You know, going in the Why room and going, Why is he listening to me? Motherfucker. I mean, as a kid, I had, uh, I would say that stuff in my head. All the time, that motherfucker. Ding! Sean's, Sean's <laughs> not with us today. I mean, you are, but um, when... Sean's not taking part actively. He's being the producer, which is what he, that is good. We've, his function here yeah, is. And friend slash producer, come back soon. I, I miss you. Um, here he comes. Here we go. You called me I'm friend. Scared. I did. Aww. That was the softest. That's so nice. Everybody Aww. look at Charmaine's hair. Go like this, Charmaine. What's wrong with it? You adjusted your thing and it just turned into this big whoosh. It looked like a big bump. I look like I got the TV bump. No, yeah, you can yeah. do that. You can pull your Boy. hair away. You have that face. With I need my hair to around your face. It, 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 yeah. I honestly have never give it give a shit. I mean, Again, we I am going to call house. you out on that. I have to tell you, by the end of the day, I I don't really she give a cares. shit. She doesn't want to care, but she cares. Um, I've gotten so much better um, this last year to where I'm like, it is what it is. Um, but I try. It's not like I'm not going to put effort towards it. Without going down that rabbit hole, the last and sixth thing is being late. Mm. I have to say to you, I think I'm going to be late for my own funeral. I'm not going to lie to you. I You're not the only one. I wish, and I will, and I will continue to try, but I've been told by somebody that I very much care about that it's a sign of disrespect. It makes me feel like you don't respect my time, and I'm like, totally. Oh my gosh. Resentment, that kind of everyone. Me off when Work you pull that it. out and throw it Look on the table, that card. A, I don't a like it. Child, empathy. Empathy is the resolution. You've been listening to Whack-A-Mole with Tina B. and Charmaine G. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Watch us on YouTube and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for, well, whatever may happen with Tina B. and Charmaine G. on Whack-A-Mole. This has been a production from a podcast studio.